the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Catholic. I'm Jen Morrow, and with me, as always, is Mike Walsh. Hey, Jen, how are you? I'm good. How you doing, Mike? Uh, very good, actually. This has uh, been a good week. Uh, it's going to be a unique I- episode. Uh, so we're recording the front half, actually the front 19 minutes in the vault. Um, but we actually got to do something we haven't had an opportunity to do in a while. We uh, drove out to one of our parishes and recorded remotely. That was a lot of fun. That was my first uh, remote show. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited about it. And the first time you had been to the Hamilton for the, yes. for the at the parish? Actually, the first time I've been to Hamilton, except maybe to drive through it. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited to get out there and check out a new area, especially since I've heard so many great things about the parish and the area. Yeah. And I made sure to take you to one of the uh, famous haunts in Hamilton afterwards. We went to Rocco's and uh, had a wonderful meal on the, was it, was it the Feast of St. Joseph who were there? It was... No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was the Feast of the Annunciation. That's right. Mm-hmm. So that's why we were allowed to eat meat, because it was a solemnity. That's right. There you go. Because uh, I was not going to deny you the opportunity to have any good like Italian food. Like We had a great uh, meat plate. Oh, and, what do you uh, call that? A sh- charcuterie. There you go. I don't think they called it that, but uh, it was called something else. But anyway, we had a great meal in Hamilton, it's, which, you know, to, to our longtime listeners, you've heard me speak about Hamilton and the great food and the great town that it is. Uh, so I'm once again reminded that I'm right. It's a great place for great food. So <laughs> Once again. Yeah, once again, I am again correct. For those of you <laughs> keeping tally at home, that is one million times Mike has been correct. But a billion times I've been wrong. So it averages oh, out. Oh, it averages out. Yeah. Anyway. So it was a, so yeah, we had a good time down there. And so that interview will follow our introduction right now. But uh, it was a good time. We had a nice conversation with everybody. They're doing a lot of great stuff down there. So mm-hmm. definitely stay tuned for that. Um, but at the same time, it was a, it was a great uh, week in Catholicville. Uh, you and I both got to experience the consecration of uh, Ukraine and Russia to the Holy Mother, uh, which was great. Uh, you know, in our diocese here in South Jersey, our bishop, Bishop Sullivan, was traveling at that time. So he uh, he was at uh, meetings at a seminary in Yonkers, Dunwoody. So uh, he couldn't make it back for the consecration, but the rector of the cathedral did it, and he did a phenomenal job. It was really good. Oh, his homily was so moving. Yeah. Uh, you could tell everybody was completely like enthralled with his words. And you know, it's a, f- a few people and I were speaking a few days after his homily about uh, we were reading the article in the Catholic Star Herald and online, <laughs> and. Uh, where a lot of his homilies quoted from, and he just had, a, I think, a lot of inform- spiritual information, I guess, but just spiritual thoughts to take home and 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 ponder over. Like because it was the feast of the Annunciation, mm-hmm. he was talking a lot about how you know every single day we, and as individuals, have the opportunity to to follow in Mary's footsteps and say yes to God or repeat her fiat. Yeah, and um, and then he was he was saying uh, that it's it's. Every day, like I said, we have that the chances to to repeat her yes, and then to figure out what it is that the Lord wants of us, yeah. and and that that task never changes. That what God wants of us is always to do the will of God for the world. And I mean, I don't know. It's, sometimes it's so simple and so difficult at the same time. Yeah, and he was very emphatic actually in his uh, in his homily. He was, uh, you know, he reminded us that it's our duty, mm-hmm. you know, and he and not not in a you know sort of resigned spirituality as in a strength of character that if if 
things like this fall on us as people of goodwill to make positive change happen, even in terrible situations where it might feel like we don't have a role to play in a situation like what's going on in the Ukraine. But even the things we do at home, the things we do in our community, the things we support, you know, make a difference in things on a global scale, mm-hmm. particularly if we're all working in unison on that. Uh, I should also say you had, uh, related to the Ukraine, you had a wonderful experience down in Summers Point as well. You met someone who was in Poland during all of this. I did. A few days later on Sunday, um, so the conse- consecration was on a Friday. Uh, so on Sunday afternoon, I went down to Summers Point to the parish there, St. Joseph's, mm-hmm. Um Oh, a sister, uh, uh, Sister Celeste, she had just returned from Ukraine. Uh, she was volunteering her time or, well, she was doing service work there mm-hmm. and and helping the other sisters uh, greet the refugees getting off the bus, um, making sure the families were safe and getting food or money. And she had just some amazing stories to share and um, a lot of photos. Mm-hmm. And some of her stories were uplifting and, and the fact that, like, when people got off the bus, the first thing they wanted, you know, were saying is, you know, thank God we're here, you know, thank God we got out in time. And, and then there were other s- stories that were just heartbreaking. Um, like, she was explaining that when the trains pulled in, I mean, I said the bus, I meant the trains. When the trains pulled in, they were just piled with people, a lot of people who couldn't even use the bathroom because the aisles were so full mm-hmm. that the bathroom was blocked. So imagine being on a train for three days yeah. with all that. But in the meanwhile, when you get off, all you have is a bag, like a plastic bag full of whatever you could grab at the last minute. And that's that's your belongings from now on until you go home, if you get to go home. Yeah. Um, another thing that really stuck out with me is that she said uh, herself, and she's an SSJ, and she was she was there with uh, at the home of... Little Servant Sisters. Yeah, I believe it was Little Servant yeah, Sisters. Little yeah. Servant Sisters. Um, so she was staying with them. But one of the things that they made sure to do was just to keep an eye on the women and children because every once in a while, like a, a, a van would go by with like all blacked out windows. And you know, when something like that happens, she said it's just, you could feel it in the community that that van is there just to snatch up women and children. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, in situations like this, human trafficking ends up being, you know, be- <laughs> People are trying to make a buck and taking chaos as an opportunity to do to do be up to no good. And that's a very real situation. So that and it's something I'll be honest with. You, I hadn't actually considered until you told me about that when you came back that, oh, yeah, that's probably a very real situation, not just in in the Ukraine, but in in yeah. where the refugees are going. It's it's terrible, but it's definitely something to look out for. And actually, we're hoping, I will tell you, that uh, we're hoping to get her on the podcast in the next couple of weeks, too, if we can make it work out. Because uh, uh, you said that she had some pretty great things to say, and we'd like to hear her expand on them. So if we, are, if we get the opportunity, we're going to have her uh, come on the podcast. We also hope, uh, I should say, and we haven't told him this yet, but we hope to have our dear friend and a uh, regular contributor to the newspaper, Mike Canaris, on uh, sometime soon to talk about the changes in the Curia that uh, Pope Francis uh, released uh, this week. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a deep dive on that. However, in the interim, if you'd like to read more about that, by all means, check out the Catholic Star Herald. We have a very long article on it. It's, uh, it's great. And Mike has a, uh, a 
uh, a column to go with it. That's right. Yep. That's right. Uh, so plenty of information on that so you can understand really the, the thinking behind some of those changes. Uh, we should also say congratulations to Mike Canaris, who Very is uh, going to be uh, inducted into the Camden Catholic High School Hall of Fame yes. as a graduate of that. So I think that's next week. Yeah, He's next getting... Saturday, I believe, the yeah. 9th of April. Yeah, that should, be a, that should be a great day for him and for all the uh, inductees. But uh, certainly we have a rooting interest in in Mike. So that's good. Good for him. We're, we're very excited for him. It's funny because I saw that news come across and I wanted to call Mike Canaris and congratulate him. But then I didn't know if it was a surprise. So I didn't say anything for like a week. <laughs> and then he emails me. He's like, so, you know, I didn't know if you know, but I'll be around soon because, you know, he teaches in, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And he's like, maybe you know, I'll be in town. And I was like, oh, great. You do know. It's like, now that you know, can we get together for coffee or something? So he, said um, no. <laughs> he probably said, I'll never want to see you again. <laughs> no. No, actually, it's going to be uh, Mike Neris, myself, and our esteemed former editor of the Catholic Star Herald, Carl Peters. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. What a great night out. Yeah. So weird that my invitation got lost in the mail. But yeah. do? all right, that's all right. I don't mind. <laughs> y'all, y'all going out together. You know, it's funny. She's saying that with such glee in her heart, and yeah. she didn't realize that I didn't get invited. But that's all right. No, that's, I I'm did. cool with it. I oh. do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how, how I have a way of overtaking a conversation, so it's probably for the best. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, Mike. You don't overtake our conversation. <laughs> oh, no, no. I was looking at the... Uh, actually, this uh, the interview we do. So for our listeners, when I edit the the podcast all together again, it shows up graphically on my screen. And you can tell who spoke the most by the graphs that are formed by the sound and stuff like that. And too often than not, I, I have to admit that my voice is, is far... <laughs> it's used far too often on the podcast. And I'm working on that, but... And this week, actually, we do a good job because Father David Rivera, who's one of the people we interview in a few minutes, uh, he did a great job of explaining uh, some of the great community work that that parish in Hamilton is doing to reach out to the community, both the parish community and the community at large. So it's a great uh, interview, and I do hope that you'll uh, stay and listen to it in about eight minutes or so. But uh, but yeah, no, so it's uh, so we're excited about Mike, and uh, yeah, just a lot of great things going on. Uh, I had... Um, some people might know that uh, I actually head a secretariat in the Diocese of Camden. Uh, so we had our, our secretariat's meeting with the bishop today. It was about uh, seven, nine of us, seven of us, eight, probably eight. Let's go with eight. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just start making up numbers. That's all right. For those who don't understand what a secretariat is, maybe you can explain? So, yeah. So secretariats are basically like, it's a divisions of the diocese. Um, you know, they are, there are many... Um, there are many departments in a diocese, but uh, in a way for us to be concise in the way we can give feedback to Bishop and answer any questions he has for us, uh, they're basically cut into seven or eight secretaries or secretariats. Uh, there's the administrative side, which handles all of our temporal resources, you know, accounting, building, stuff like that. Uh, we've had one, our, one of our secretaries on many times, uh, uh, Don Otaviano Britt. She handles the pastoral life. And then um, Andres Arango, he handles evangelization. Uh, and certainly Hispanic ministry comes under him as well. One of our frequent guests is uh, Mr. Kevin Hickey. He handles sort of the social justice aspect, which includes Catholic charities, but many other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deacon uh, Jerry Jobolanowski, uh, his handles healthcare. He's, he leads Vitality, but there are other healthcare services that end up falling under him. And then we have um, 
Dr. Bill Watson. Wow, we've had all these people on the podcast. Yeah. Dr. Bill Watson, he was there as well. He heads up the Education uh, Secretariat, uh, which includes both schools, but also religious education out of the uh, parishes. Is that everybody who was in the room with me? Uh, I should also say that Temporal Services is our CFO, um, Laura Montgomery. And she's she is a force to be reckoned with. She's she's done great work as our CFO in the diocese, and uh, she heads up that secretariat uh, with a well knowledge uh, gift. I think that I've been on the podcast with almost everybody you mentioned. The only secretary I haven't been with is Deacon. Deacon Jerry, mm-hmm. uh, we'll have to fix that. Right. There you go. Not a problem. I'm sure he'll come on anytime we ask. Yeah. He's, he's good that way. Um, so you had your meeting. I interrupted. Sorry. Yeah, no, we had our meeting. And we were just talking about a number of things that are coming up in the diocese. Certainly, we're trying to get through the synod. Uh, we're almost finished. Uh, just to let everyone else, all the other dioceses know, I think our final document will probably be done the next week or so. So where everyone else will be working through the summer, uh, we're finished. Congratulations yeah, to yeah. Camden Diocese. That's right. Uh, and then, uh, but we're already on to the, and we've talked about this a couple of times, the Eucharistic Revival. Yeah. That, uh, the planning for that is uh, going forward. It's going to be a great big event in Atlantic City uh, that we're planning uh, to kick that off. It's going to be phenomenal. And then, um, and then, yeah, just a lot of other things going on. Actually, one of the things I, we just, we recently, I guess it was maybe two months ago, we had the New Jersey, the head of the New Jersey Catholic Conference on, uh, yep. Jim King. So I am a member of the public policy committee of the NJCC. Uh, we had our big meeting up in Metuchen, I guess, two weeks ago, where I was able to spend some quality time with our colleagues, Tara Smith and Jerry Witkowski. I love those guys. Had a wonderful time chatting with them. They showed me all around the diocesan offices. For all the times I'd ever been there, I had never gotten to go on a tour of the place. Okay. And while they're giving me a tour, who do we run into but Bishop Cecchio? We had a lovely conversation with him as well. It was a great, it was a great afternoon, actually. It sounds like it. Yeah, but I will say that the NJCC is working hard to, uh, you know, they are our lobbying wing of the of the five dioceses. Actually, I think we include uh, two of the Eastern Rite dioceses in that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's probably seven bishops involved altogether. But uh, they're planning a lot of legislative work this season, particularly surrounding the budget uh, in the state of New Jersey and how it impacts our Catholic schools and our Catholic parishes. So a lot of great work being done with that, too. So I'm hoping we can have him back on um, soon. I know that the Catholic Star Herald will be doing an article in the next week or so about the budget and how it affects Catholic education, especially transportation in particular. Yes. We have been speaking to some of our Catholic high school um, principals and mm-hmm. some of the middle school level as well about how their students are affected by the lack of busing. So should it's, be good. It's, it's actually terrible. It's, it, it may be one of the biggest things working against Catholic schools right now is the limited funding for, I, I take that back, it's not working against Catholic schools, it's working against Catholic school students. Mm-hmm. Um, because the money doesn't, money related to transportation doesn't go to the schools, it goes to the kids, um, or it's utilized for the kids. And when that funding dries up, or isn't isn't robust enough to actually help students achieve the, the educational preferences, then it's a, it's a real problem. So they will be working quite hard to make sure that uh, our, our students get the, uh, the support that any other student in any public school would receive. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not like it's unfair in any way, shape, or form. It's just making sure that our students receive the same benefits that public school students have. Fair and equal, you know? Exactly. And it's important <laughs> to note that 
any of our listeners can make their voice heard by going to the voter voice voter voice uh, tab on the NJCC website. That's right. Uh, because you can contact your lawmakers to let them know that this issue is important to you. Yep. So just type in uh, New Jersey Catholic Conference into the uh, search engine of your choice, and it'll take you right there. And yeah, and there's a lot of great information on there. They have a new public relations person up there who's doing a great job. Uh, they actually are now uh, available. You can find them on social media as well. Doing mm-hmm. a good job of that. They've done some uh, bios on all of the bishops, which was nice. Very act- active. Yeah, they are. They're yeah. very active. And, and they're doing a nice job of you know, getting information out that's relevant to the diocese as a whole that's coming from the individual dioceses. So they deserve, deserve a lot of credit for working hard on, for the benefit of the Catholic people in New Jersey. So, and not just South Jersey, but New Jersey everywhere. No, New Jersey everywhere. <laughs> New Jersey everywhere. The, the global New Jersey, if you will. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you know, we should also talk about it. We, got a, we actually got a, several responses from our last podcast about the demarcation <laughs> of North Jersey and South Jersey. And I am so happy that so many people agreed with me that Central Jersey doesn't exist. That was wonderful. I, was, I felt... I felt seen. I heard I felt from heard. one person who agreed with me, by the way, that there is a central Jersey. No, that person doesn't count. That person doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, no, that was a that was a nice conversation uh, a few weeks ago about that. Uh, but uh, but we do like hearing from you guys, so feel free and listen. Hey, I have thick skin, so you guys can uh, contact us anytime you want and tell me I'm wrong. I am perfectly fine. I may not agree with you, but you can always <laughs> contact me and tell me I'm wrong. And you can always contact us and tell us if uh, there's something we're missing or there's something you like us to to someone you would like us to have on the podcast you know this interview that's coming up in a few moments uh they actually reached out to us about it uh, we hadn't i hadn't heard at the time what what programs they were going on so i was thrilled to be able to showcase them so that was a lot of fun that was fun yeah that was a great time and it's a nice parish um saint mary of mount carmel parish in hamilton mm-hmm. that was my first visit like i said to the actual church as well so yeah. Yeah, I was excited to go out there. Yeah. And like I said, you know, sometimes it feels it feels nice to be invited. So I was like, woohoo, my first invite <laughs> on the podcast. Well, we're gonna be out a lot soon because we're we're inching closer to Holy Week and we are, we found out where our bishop is gonna be for all of Holy Week. So I know exactly where I'll be traveling, <laughs> which will be crisscrossing the state like I as I enjoy it. It's my favorite week of the work of my favorite week of work of the year because I get to see basically the entirety of the diocese in the better part of a week. Yeah. So I'll be at the shore. I'll be in deep South Jersey. I'm actually going to be in my hometown one day. That'll be nice for the Easter vigil. I don't have to go anywhere for that one. So I'm looking. For, I'm like, <laughs> my wife is very excited. Actually, I hadn't even heard. So our pastor, she was at a meeting or something like that, and our pastor. Oh no, she was at mass. I'm sorry. We we had to be. We were in separate places for mass and. She came back and said, you didn't tell me the, the bishop was going to be at our place for the Easter Vigil. And I go, huh, I didn't know. Hold on. She scooped you? <laughs> she scooped me. Wow. Listen, I tell this to you people all the time. When it comes to the bishop's schedule, I'm literally the last person to know. <laughs> they, they don't ever tell me for, I don't know why. They tell me, they tell me all the bad news, but they don't tell me any of the, the schedule ever until the last minute. So anyway. They like to keep you on your feet. They really do. On your toes. So, so. Uh, so I don't know about that. And I'll remind everyone once again, as June approaches in the Diocese of Camden, that's when the uh, priest movement happens. It all happens on one day. Yeah, they don't tell me either. So don't, <laughs> I don't know who's moving. I don't know where they're moving to. I don't know why they're moving. And no, I can't help you stop your pastor from leaving. Because <laughs> that's the other thing I get all the time. They put a lot of thought and effort into this. And if when they move people around, it's done for, for, both the par- sure. for all of the parish's benefit, even sure. if it doesn't feel that way sometimes. So, 
Sometimes it takes years to realize the goodness that you're True. you're getting, and the fact that by having your wonderful uh, pastor go somewhere else, that now is benefiting a whole new community. That's a wonderful. They're thing. getting to enjoy what you did for the last couple of years. There you go. So this is one of the sm- the the rant the what am I trying to say? This is one of the the. Uh, not likely times that Mike Walsh does not know. Yeah, so, two things. Bishop's yeah. schedule and where those priests are going. I have <laughs> no idea what's going on. What I do know is we have a great interview starting in just a few moments with our friends down in Hamilton at St. Mary of Mount Carmel Parish. So everybody, enjoy. Hey, everybody. We are broadcasting today from St. Mary of Mount Carmel in Hamilton, New Jersey, which uh, many years ago, you've pro- over the years, you've probably heard me talk about my love of Hamilton because I, I covered this so, for so many years as a newspaper reporter. It was one of my favorite places to visit. Uh, and I'm back again. And on top of that, this is our first trip down to uh, out of the vault, out of Our Lady of Peace Parish with Carrie. This is our first remote since uh, before the pandemic. We're very excited to be here today. And we have three great guests. Father David Rivera, the pastor of St. Mary of Mount Carmel Parish, uh, Lisa LaRusso, and Susan Davidal. Father David, it's great to see you again. Uh, it's wonderful to be down here in Hamilton. How are you? Great. Likewise. Good to see you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, well, we're down here today because you have done something that's very close to my heart, which is uh, really made an effort to engage with the community. And you have a couple of initiatives that are going on right now in, in Hamilton that uh, are making me thrilled as a public relations guy. Can you kind of give us an idea of what's going on? What, what's, what do you have planned? Sure. Yes. Um, so we've uh, rebranded the school building to St. Joe Community Center. And uh, as an effort to use our facilities, we've started a couple of initiatives. Well, we first, we've, we have a preschool, very successful, Little Cups Preschool. Was, uh, was there before, continued very successful, very happy about that. But in addition to that, uh, we wanted to add sports because we have a great gym and want to put it to use. So you may be familiar with CYO for the past, mm-hmm. uh, Catholic Youth Organization. The diocese had its center down in Blackwood and and all that and um, well you know the days of us building things like that are probably not coming back for a long time Sadly, but that doesn't mean we don't have facilities Mm -hmm. so a lot of parishes actually have and I have one so my um, uh, dear friend and uh, very committed parishioner Steve Salvo we talked about uh, starting some basketball skills training under the umbrella of Parish Youth Organization. Mm-hmm. So the PYO, right? They'll play on the on the CYO w- with the hopes of adding other sports or in youth activities. Mm-hmm. So we figured let's start with basketball. That's what he knows. So for about the past year, he's been running these basketball skills training out of our gym. About four sessions a week, about 10, 15 kids in a session. Um, the kids come from all over the area. So not just Hamilton. Actually, a lot of them come from Violent or Winslow, just surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. So it's been a great way to engage youth and to put our facility to work. But keeping with that theme of the community center, we want, I want to have stuff for adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they get neglected too a little bit uh, with activities at the parish, especially on a cultural or educational level. So we're an Italian-American town historically. Uh, very, they're very proud of that here in, in Hamilton. I lived in Italy for five years, so uh, the Italian language and culture is very close to my heart. And I thought, well, why don't we have Italian classes for adults? Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Nice. So what we did is we 
uh, talked to the Italian American societies in town, uh, the Mount Carmel Society, uh, which is uh, they are the ones that actually run the Mount Carmel procession and feast every year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's from July 11th to July 16th. <laughs> Come on out. And, and Shameless plug. It'll be here before you know yeah. it. No, no, there's no, there's no shame in that. We have talked about that on this podcast many times. It is my, it's definitely in the top three events in the diocese to come to. It's an amazing thing. It's, it's, it's a week-long, great music, great food. I could just talk about the food, actually. The food is phenomenal. <laughs> and a festival to go with it. So when, yeah. when the time comes, keep an eye out, listeners, because yes. it's something that you really need to come to. Yeah, we'll, we'll post uh, stuff. So save the date. Yeah. <laughs> um, even before the actual carnival arrives, we have, obviously, the novena and the prayers to Our Lady of Mount Carmel are very important. But, um, so we approached the Mount Carmel Society, the Assumption Society, the American Sons and Daughters of Italy, the Sons of Italy, and they gave us a decent amount of money as a seed fund for the Italian classes. Mm-hmm. So that's been going out this whole year as well. Um, we also have some of the parishioners that have talents, and we want to give them outlets for their talents. So one of our parishioners likes to make wreaths, very nice wreaths. Mm-hmm. So she's had two or three uh was it two or three sessions, Susan? This is the third one now. The third, yeah, the, the third the first one. one, they're all by the themes. Fr- yeah, the first one was the fall for fall. Uh, um, that was, yes, before Thanksgiving. So that was Thanksgiving inspired. And then she did a nativity wreath uh, for Christmas for the Advent season. So, and now she's doing uh, one for Easter. Wow. Yeah. So we try to have these little activities like that. Um, and uh, our latest initiative, which I'm very excited to talk about because it has to do with rebuilding Catholic education in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like phase one. Our goal is to reestablish a Catholic school uh, up to what we would consider fifth grade. And when I say what we consider, because um, try something different. Uh, we're going to try. We're going to going to have a Catholic Montessori school. And uh, some people are not familiar with it. Some people are. But uh, I got hooked on it because my friend, Father Nick Schneider, uh, so when you study in Rome, you have classmates from all over the country, mm-hmm. and he's a buddy of mine from North Dakota, super smart guy, really great priest, mm-hmm. and he had taken his failing Catholic institu- school institution and converted it to a Montessori school, yeah. but Catholic. Yeah. And now they have 70 kids on the waiting list, and the school's full. And it's not everybody's cup of tea because it's different, you know. Sure. Yeah. But it's uh, it's it's you know getting a lot of traction in this area now. Yeah. And um, but I went there and I experienced it myself, mm-hmm. and just to see how the kids just were self motivated, self guiding, and what really got me hooked is when he said parents were coming back to church and getting engaged in the parish. And I was like, okay, sign me up. <laughs> That's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Lisa, uh, who's here with us today, uh, was a teacher here before, and uh, not to make the story too long, but basically is it's a podcast. To, you can go as long as you want. Don't worry about it. <laughs> happy to come back and be our lead guide for our first uh, section, the Montessori School. It's going to be the, the Montessori School is going to be called Carmel Children's House, and our first primary education level uh, will be starting in September, mm-hmm. and she's going to be our lead guide. Now, in Montessori, traditionally, you have uh, mixed ages. So while we're focusing on five-year-olds, kind of focusing on being like a kindergarten, because we have a preschool already, mm-hmm. um, 
three or four year olds are welcome to be part of it who are kind of focusing on that five year old kindergarten age with the intention of then adding the next sections uh, in a year or two depending how this all goes right so we want to make sure we slow but steady so Lisa can you tell me a little bit about the the Montessori philosophy from 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 what you've sort of put together so far yeah so the Montessori philosophy is really take the lead of the child the child is you know drive the driving force behind their education and they're really learning through they learn just by doing things and they almost teach themselves Mm -hmm. um and there's a lot of freedom of choice there's you know within limits and they're presented the lessons but they really take the lead in their own education it's a fantasy uh it's a it's a fascinating concept i i have a 14 year old and when we were considering education even in preschool era, uh, there were a number of Montessori schools or style schools that were near us. And we really considered it. And I will admit that um, I was a little too scared to, to pull the trigger and go to a Montessori because I, I just I hadn't experienced it before. I was only used to traditional right. education, which I'm sure you are as well as a, as a yes. teacher for many years. Yeah. Um, what is what do you think about what, what do you think is it with Montessori that parents are going to find interesting? I think seeing their child grow and seeing their child really the there's the practical life skills and i think that's going to carry into their homes and just make their home life different and better and the child really engaged in different aspects of the family that they might not have been before um and i think they're just going to see their child blossom and see them take the lead and really enjoy their education because because the Montessori school doesn't use the traditional um, doesn't use a traditional uh, grade grade system like right. first grade second grade yeah. third grade it's really based on what skills you develop correct yeah so it's this multi-age classroom so I actually had a really unique experience my last year here that um, I had first and second grade together and in this blended learning environment it was it wasn't traditional Montessori but it was principles of that um so there was like teacher there was time with the teacher where they were guided through their lessons and then they had we had a technology component and then their independent work time and within each of these stations they were taking what they learned and they were able to make choices it wasn't okay everyone's going to learn this exact same thing at the exact same time and this is the paper and pencil that you're going to use to do it it really was here's what you're learning this is the goal and show me how you learn that. Show me how you can present that in whatever way is best for you and your learning style. I will tell you, I wish I wasn't so nervous the last time because in, in the years <laughs> since, I've learned yeah. more about the Montessori program and it is fascinating. I mean, it really it is. is amazing. And I, I have met a number of people who have gone through it now. They were they're graduates of the Montessori system. And they are very well put together, very intelligent, very successful in their in their careers now because yeah. of the Montessori program. And I, so I have to give it a lot of credit, which isn't to say that yeah. traditional learning is passe. No, 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 exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think so. There's a lot of caricatures mm-hmm. like that people have about the Montessori method. So um, Father Nick Schneider has been kind enough to zoom in with Lisa and I to do interviews about different aspects of the Montessori method. So I encourage people to visit the Carmel Children's House Facebook page where we have the link, we have done two videos so far. We intend to do about 10 to 15. Um, The first one was about uh, the history of the Montessori method. Who's Maria Montessori? Where where did this come from in the first place? Mm -hmm. And 
what does a classroom look like? See, in the Montessori method, they have different language for things, so they call it an environment. So what is it? What does it mean? Like, if you showed up, how would it look different? Maybe from a traditional educational area. Now, what's what is interesting? See, the method's been around for a hundred years, and it's kind of begin slowly to seep into the traditional school system. So you do see a lot of aspects of Montessori in a lot of educational. So like the blended learning and yeah. uh, what is it? The um, what, what was it called? Oh, we use the daily five method the and the daily, daily three method, yeah. So the idea of stations and all this is Montessori inspired. I'm not saying it's strict that, mm-hmm. but so a lot of things have kind of come into the educational system. So in an environment, you know, you will see different areas. Everything's very nice and neat, by the way. That's <laughs> so that's one of the things that it's it's not just like academic. It's, you know, that's a little more about they're taking care of their space, the area. Um, so we, the first interview just says, well, you know, what does all this mean? Why is it like this? Yeah. So we walked them through that and Father Schneider was kind of to kind of give us a tour of his setup. So we're taking two classrooms, actually, we're going to take three eventually, three. and we're going to, you know, spruce them up, remodel them, get all the proper Montessori furniture and, and um, didactic tools, because mm-hmm. they're very specific things. Um, so we have a very kind donor who's helping us with all that. So we're going to have like, a brand new setup for this which is great and um so if you're not trained you might miss an understanding what's happening in yeah. the space the second episode uh we talked about that mixed age like why why mixed age and so we go through that whole explanation of the different phases of uh, learning and development and why is it why is it a good thing mm-hmm. one, one of the most simple things is the rest of your life is that way Mm-hmm. Name one area of our normal lives that you're only with people your age. Right. That's a good point. And so it's a little more suited to just the way we actually live. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I think, you know, it's not just like a free for all in terms of ages. I mean, they're clumped in very specific groupings because of the child development. Mm-hmm. And so the kids help each other. And so we talked about that and and you saw that as well, right? I did. That was one of the most fascinating things because I was very hesitant when we combined classes, but it actually ended up being a really unique experience and the kids grew so much from it. And they had chances to be the leaders and they had chances to guide other students through and they were just so proud of each other. And they, the younger ones looked up to the older ones and even within the same grade level at that time, they really used each other as resources and guided each other through the process, and it was it was fascinating to watch. Wow. Yeah, so we're going to do uh, a couple more, about eight more episodes, those interviews, because I think another of the caricatures is, um, well, the kids can just do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, uh, not exactly, you know? <laughs> you know, when you have a multiple choice test, you have choice, but there's a limit. And so, um, then what does the teacher do? Well, the teacher's actually busier in one sense because, as Lisa mentioned, it's very child individual focused. So the teacher, I mean, the guide is really there to make sure that each child is making it to all the different stations. But at the same time, you know, if one needs help, give them the help they need, but not too much. Because yeah. that's that would miss the whole point that they need to learn how to overcome learning difficult things. And so the key to the guide is actually holding back. You know, like a parent needs to let a kid tie their shoe. Yeah. Can't be always tying their shoe for them, you sure. know? Because they never develop that ability. 
So that would be that's our next episode. Um, probably not going to record that for like another week or two because Father Schneider uh, is kind of busy right now yeah. in his school. See, he's a trained Montessori teacher himself. Yeah. He went and got the right. whole oh, training, wow. okay. and he's actually full time in the school. So I'm actually kind of jealous because I, I wish I could do that. Uh, hint to anybody who's listening. Uh, listen. uh, I'll pass it along. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, uh, so Lisa's going to go to get her certification uh, this summer at Princeton Montessori and that's going to be throughout the whole year as well because she has to have, obviously have class time so while we're focusing on five-year-olds uh, that's our main focus we had to have some three or four-year-olds in there just so that she can get her certification because that's one of the key components mm-hmm. uh, with Montessori the mixed age is very important um, so she's going to be doing that, right? Yes. Yeah, it oh. starts in June. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna be intense. It is. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the school's uh, intended to open in the fall? In September. September. Okay. Yes, we have uh, three kids already signed up. Excellent. And our very generous donor is going to give two scholarships. So you can really say there's five already. So we're on our way. Um, our limit will be 24. Uh, because when you're doing this kind of one-on-one and you can't just have like 50 kids in a room yeah um so we're on our way to get the registration there spreading the word um we're gonna actually put something in the star Herald. excellent we're gonna put a big ad uh, oh don't worry uh the reason jen is one of the reasons jen's here is because she will be writing a story up about this as oh, well so sure. expect some future phone calls as well well actually you know it's interesting that we're doing uh talking about this on the podcast because i've already had a lot of people reaching out to the catholic star herald saying have you heard about what's going on uh here at the parish i've seen oh, wow, yeah i've had a couple great. of emails really? to say you know they saw the videos or they saw it on facebook and mm. they wanted to make sure that we knew and i said actually father called us and we're going to be on the podcast so yeah that being said have you ha- heard any uh, feedback uh, of this initiative so far in the community? Yeah, I mean, usually through Facebook and social yeah. media, you know, yeah. and people register. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good. Well, that's I, great news, though. Yeah. I'm very happy. That is good that. news. So, it I is. mean, all right, like the bigger picture for me is like, I'm, we're like the pilot program in the diocese because as, as far as we know, there's only one other Catholic Montessori thing going on. I think that's a Sacred Heart in Camden, actually. Mm-hmm. It's like the preschool there. Right. Our intention though is to be a full school, at least to like traditionally in fifth grade. Um, if when we get to that point, it's really going well, then we'll keep going mm-hmm. uh, for sure. We're not going to say no, uh, but our slow and steady wins the race. We want to make sure we build a solid foundation because we're you know we're being honest about the demographics, the reality of the world, and you know just not as many kids in the world as there used to be. You know, yeah. and uh, but there's a how do I say this nicely? There's a very great concern among parents today about sending their kids to certain schools. I'll try to be nice about that, right? Mm-hmm. And they do want a place that's Catholic, is wholesome, they teach morals. They don't have to worry about certain things being taught there, which is why people pay for a Catholic education, whether it's traditional or Montessori or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So we want to make sure we, we offer that. And... So if it's successful here, which it will be, that's the great. Right. Uh, I hate to say that, you know, it's just, the part of me is always like, you know, okay. But um, you know, I don't, the, goal, I don't, the goal really is maybe to open up other ones regionally, right? And then we could help, we could be a place to help other schools say, hey, they want to explore this option, come see what we're doing. Get off yeah. the ground. You know, yeah. your teacher could do some time with us to get the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, we could be somewhat like a learning center 
for Montessori in our diocese. That would be the, eventually the, the bigger picture goal. You know, I, I would agree with you, considering, you know, that is a major concern with people nowadays is, is the change in education that's occurring right now. Um, and the fact that, you know, that they want to be able to send their kids someplace where they know they're going to be safe and they know they're going to be learning and they and they know that there's going to be traditional elements combined with some more progressive you know methodology we're all comfortable with new ideas when it comes to methodology but the core still needs to be a good core and sometimes we don't see that in some school systems any longer so the fact that you're offering that that combination of good education progressive techniques but then the, the core of the catholic faith i would like to imagine that you're gonna one day be overrun by parents wanting their children to come here that's my hope so waiting this we'll have a waiting the registration is on yeah. the website on what? the facebook page i was gonna ask you that the uh, the facebook page for this is called carmel, carmel. children's house yes. right carmel children's carmel house. children's house and the website for them to the learn website more? is also carmelchildrenshouse.org. Okay. It's under construction. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, this is a very new program. Yeah, it's a new so. program. Okay. I mean, we have a very kind donor who's helping with the website as well. Okay. So, so I'm curious, you were talking about um, your friend in North Dakota. Yes. Uh, wasn't it Father Nick Schneider? Nick Schneider. And you said that one of the benefits that you had, that he had seen, is an uptick or an increase of. Uh, people coming into church can you go into that a little bit so um part of that is the what's called the atrium which is the way they teach religion in montessori there's also a montessori method of doing religious education and actually many of our parishes now are getting in that and it's called um the catechism of the good shepherd Mm -hmm. And that's how people probably are more familiar with it. But the place where the catechesis takes place is called an atrium. And it takes the same principles of the Montessori method and just simply applies it to our Catholic faith. And so it's a very beautiful way of learning. And so what's happened, the kids have gone, gone home and shared that experience with their parents. Mm-hmm. And their parents are like, what's going on? This is pretty cool, you know? And that's led to, and then this is true, although I would say in general Catholic schools, right? When a Catholic school really takes the kids to church and they're doing devotions, it trickles back home, right? This is, you know, but I think what's unique about the Christ the Good Shepherd is the use of the Montessori principles and approach, which is, again, the very hands-on, self-motivated focus on giving the child time to learn, not switching them so quickly from one thing to the next, building their attention. Mm And uh, I think that's one of the things that really opened my eyes. When I went and sat in the primary level, the three, four, and five-year-olds were just working on their own quietly for like half hour, 45 minutes at a time without having me to told to do anything. Wow. The guide would just go around. I mean, they had to be trained, right? Sure. This, is, this, is a, this doesn't happen overnight sure. the first day. But once the flow is going and you're in like the mid-year, this is what you're supposed to start seeing. Mm. And I'm just like watching all these kids quietly work on their own. And so aren't we always complaining about people's short attention spans? Mm-hmm. Right. And like here you see we're like, yeah, because we're, we're habituating them to go from one thing to the next. Let the kid focus. And the minute they're ready to move on, they move on to the next learning experience not just not do anything you know um 
So, but the child is like, all right, I've learned what I can. I've done what I can. I'm going to move on. And that's where the guide really comes in too. Mm-hmm. Like, why is a kid moving quickly to the next thing, to the next thing? Is there a problem? Or why is a kid just staying here, here, here? Are they progressing? That thing is, they don't have, every kid can move at their own pace. See, that's another thing. You're not, you're not just learning all the same thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And another kid can share that with the other kid. And I saw that with my own eyes that's why I was like wow that's amazing actually it was so quiet so relaxing that I fell asleep and then <laughs> like, I woke up like five minutes later all these little kids were around me and I felt like Gulliver's Travel right they were tying me up or something and I was like oh what's going on and uh, but it was just a very beautiful experience mm-hmm. and I thought this is a nice way to learn mm-hmm. and I think it's very suited to our Catholic tradition sure. and um so I think the key to your question is the religious education component that is also done in the Montessori uh, method. Mm-hmm. So, now you know I, I love hearing this. I, we, I mentioned this when we first started uh, our conversation about how much I've really been impressed by everything you've been doing in the parish to sort of reach out to the community, mostly by finding a need for the resources you already have at hand, uh, the building and, and the classrooms and certainly the talent that you have with you. Um, but also making an impact to to be open to the community, to invite people in. Now, the Montessori School isn't the only thing you're doing, right? You, you'd mentioned you went through a, a host of other things, but um, as well as the the parish uh, youth. youth. Yeah. So on that one, we're gonna we just had a meeting today about it because we've been doing this for about a year, and we want to share what we're doing with other parishes. See, they want to be a part of it, mm-hmm. specifically with the basketball skills training. Uh, the parishioner Steve says. He'd be happy to go to other parishes and help them out. Mm-hmm. And it creates a little source of income, puts their facilities to work, gets engaging the kids. We eventually here at the parish want to start three-on-three tournaments, basketball tournaments. We're actually sketching it out probably for like June or July, maybe July, to do a three-on-three tournament here. And then we want to do a parish-sponsored AAU team. That's uh, AAU is kind of like a network of sports. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's different sports in it. And so we want to do a parish-sponsored uh, team. And then we hope that other parishes... So, all right, we don't have CYO anymore. But when we can recreate it, not by having a centralized location, mm-hmm. yeah. but using all our locations. Mm-hmm. Because just because some parishes don't have schools anymore doesn't mean they don't have to reach out to their kids anymore. Right. And I understand as a pastor, you're like trying to figure out how to do this. And so I think, oh, well, we tried this here. It's, it's working. Mm-hmm. So let's see if we can get other people on on board and they make a little money put the facility to use and who knows where it'll go you know I mean one parish might want to be the, the softball parish or the basketball parish another <laughs> one would be that and we'll just send our kids to there for softball and their kids come here for basketball and who knows Right. and you know maybe another parish might be interested in martial arts and offer it to other parishes and we send our kids there and so that's kind of like the idea to create a network you know what I like about this idea also is that you're encouraging parishioners to use the skills that they have or the gifts that yes. they m- might need, you know, want to be using, and now they can use it for their for the parish. And especially if that grows, then you have, you know, building like you said, a larger community, not just of children but yeah. of parents too. Well, this was the idea between behind the community center. So um, we're going to start now ESL and Spanish classes. So the idea behind that is that the parent will be in the ESL class while at the same time their kid will be in the Spanish class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it fosters communication between parent and child. The parent is learning how to better function in 
our, this current society that we live in America, right? Yeah. They need to learn English. Mm -hmm. And they want their parish. They'd rather come to their parish to get these things than somewhere else. Sure. They feel at home here. They have community here. So I had a bunch of guys from the Spanish mass helping me move a bunch of totes because two teachers are going to run. They had all this stuff donated, all the, the material. And when they asked, well, what's all this for? They're like, oh, we're going to teach English. They're like, oh, sign us up. So I already have four guys that you know are landscapers and work in construction yeah. that want to come take the English class because they realize how important it is. It just has to be made convenient to them. Mm -hmm. So there's an easy way to use parish facility if you have it, especially if it's a school that you yeah. have. Mm -hmm. And um, then we'll see what we can add after that. You know, we have a stage. Now I need to make improvements to the, mm -hmm. you know, the lights and all that to do proper shows. But we would like to add drama. Yeah. And now it's not limited to your school. It's parish youth. Yes, definitely. So um, we're not limiting where are you in our CCD or not. No. If you're a parish youth mm -hmm. connected to our parish, you're welcome. And even if you're not part of our parish, come on in. Maybe you might become part of our parish. <laughs> I was just thinking your parish is doing cool things. <laughs> I was just thinking the exact same thing. This, as much as this sounds like great parish work, this sounds like a, a ripe area for evangelization Absolutely. too. But particularly with lapsed Catholics, but certainly with people who are devoid of, of a faith but are seeing a a a strong community focused organization like the parish reaching out and, and offering good content in your midst. Hamilton is a great, if anyone is not familiar with Hamilton, it's this beautiful area in the middle of South Jersey, sort of away from everything, but in the middle of everything simultaneously. Uh, it's very it's very independent-minded, which is why I think uh, that Montessori School will, will do well here. It's a good way of saying I covered this place a long time. I know this place well. Passionate people. Passionate, very passionate people. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm actually very excited for, for what's coming down the pipe. So congratulations on getting all these things into the yeah. off the ground. I think that I think that's wonderful. Yeah, and you know we're wherever the Lord leads us and inspires us. If we gotta make a turn here, turn there, we will keep going. You know. Okay. Well, we'll have in the uh, in the show notes. We'll have links to everything. Certainly, you can always also go to the uh, parish's website to find much of this information as well. Oh, I'm sorry, Susan. You want to say something? That's all right. I'm sorry. You talk about where to find more information about what we're doing. Yeah. Well, yes, definitely, and eventually, we'll have, I'll have a lot. I'll have a lot more because I'm actually now in the process of putting a lot of wording together and copy for it for the site itself. Yeah. For the Montessori, so, but also the parish youth stuff, the basketball. Oh yeah, that that's all in there. Anytime we have something, I'll post on. I actually created. Um, I have a uh, St. Joseph Community Center. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook page, uh, the Carmel Children's House Facebook page. Of course, we have Religious edu Education Facebook page. You know, I completely And we forgot. have Little Cubs Facebook yeah. page. Yeah, I forgot so. Give Club. Give Club. And the Give Club, yeah. You know, so yes. that's the parish youth social, uh, um, service hour club. Oh, wow. And yes. actually... Lisa started that club. Mm -hmm. I did when the school yeah. was open. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that, and then I'll kind of fill in what they've been doing. It's it's, what it's, it's get involved, get involved, and value to, everyone. Right, value so everyone. we were just yes. looking for a way to let all the children kind of work together because we had so many things for the older children and not really anything for the younger children, and we really wanted to get them to work together. So we opened it up from kindergartners all the way to eighth graders, and we had 
between 50 and 60 kids every year come out and every month we would do a different activity, donate things to different places around communities in need. And since the school closed, a group of parents have taken it over and opened it up to the parish and all the CCD students and wow. they've had they're doing, they've they had a great lot work. of kids. That's a join. lot of yeah. kids they do great right work. there. They're yeah. right now yeah. working on Easter baskets yeah. uh, that they'll be giving to the St. Paul, uh, St. Vincent de Paul, Paul Society. And uh, so they'll be assembling them on April 5th and then to, to bring over. They're about 150 baskets, so yeah. but they're they do, doing well. Yeah. Uh, Easter baskets for children. Yes. Right. So it's kids yes. doing baskets for the kids. kids. Yes. Yeah, I love that. They made... Um, uh, blankets for some they made, uh, Christmas. They Christopher. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They did right. that. Wow. They were part of a cleanup day in town recently. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes we get twenty kids. Sometimes you get fifty kids, depending what the project is and the day is. Mm-hmm. So they've been really hustling and really pushing that. And the parents involved have been awesome. And that they meet at the grade school. Mm-hmm. I feel like whenever it's children helping other children like that lesson really takes root because then they can you know understand and say oh wow i'm so lucky to have what i do have like every sure. time i interview Absolutely. kids yeah. I, that's what they say mm-hmm. yeah. so. no i i can't neglect saying that we have 600 kids in our ccd in our religious ed and they use the building right every mm-hmm. sunday mm-hmm. and we have uh great um summer ccd camps and vacation Bible school. Well, it's we have a CCD one week for intense CCD, and then another week for Bible camp, and mm-hmm. we're doing two sessions. Wow. So that's that's a great great activity, um, organized by our CRE, and she does a great job with that. And our little Cubs has obviously the there are great um, summer camps. And last summer, as part of our PYO, we had a cooking class, and one of our pressure is a chef. And so he taught cooking for, I think, two weeks. Was it two weeks? It was two weeks, yeah, yeah. For, for children. It was great. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was great. awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. two sessions. You know, you yeah. can sign up for one or both. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we had about 20 kids. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. between the both yeah. weeks. Right. Come to that. I've often regretted that I never moved to Hamilton. But I did recommend this as a place you should move, Jen. You did. Yeah, I've said that many times. Actually, now that they're talking about cooking classes for children, it makes me wonder, since you love to cook, did you ever do that as a child? Did I cook as a child? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Serious. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in a good household where the kids were taught to, to cook at a young age. I'm, oh, st- wow. I'm still loving it every day. So I think, awesome. yeah. I think it's a great and they, learning they experience. They loved it. They enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. They really had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. sounds fantastic. No, seriously, this, you know, I'm so excited because I'm, I, you know, this is one of my favorite towns and I don't get to come down to it very often. But um, I'm so thrilled of just all the great work you're doing in the community here, Father and Lisa and Susan. It is just really, truly impressive. And what I'd like to believe, it's something that any parish, you know, to varying degrees, could honestly do wherever they're wherever they're located. A small parish, a large parish, you know, things like this, like you were saying, can be moved elsewhere and 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 build off of. Yeah, you know. So anyway. To the three of you, congratulations. Thank you very much for inviting us down to, to chat with you. Uh, we're very excited. I, I know we will be doing lots of reporting on this in the years to come, months to come, and years to come. So yeah, I definitely. guarantee you, Jen will be in uh, in contact with you often. And I will tell you this other thing, Jen. You may want to start going to their website more often because they have the best bulletin of anyone I've ever seen. It is so <laughs> chock full of information. And, and, and to their the credit, bulletin. the bulletin, <laughs> and to their credit, advertising. Hey. <laughs> Thank it is a, you. It is a 
enormous. Yeah. So it, yeah, I was I was reading it before we came down today, and I was like, Thank wow, you. they are doing great work. So well done, Susan. Good job. <laughs> well, when the classroom's ready, we'll invite you down. Great. So we could take nice pictures. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. You betcha. You and I uh, wish you luck in the classes this summer. I know you're excited. I, I um, yeah. Yes. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Well, thank you very much. And to our listeners, thanks for checking us out again. And we'll be in touch again next week. See you, everybody. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. Thank you.